This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Time for a counterpoint, so let's bring him in. We got John Dwyer, Vice Chair, Director of Arias Technologies, uh, also sat on the Advisory Council of the City of Toronto Innovation Economy. Did your your title just grow? <laughs> you know what? I actually don't know, and I have to say this because my great friend mm. uh, Michelle Holland was the one who put me on the board. And unfortunately, and this is to the city's detriment, she's no longer a city councilor. She was an amazing city councilor, so we might not need to say that anymore because okay. I may just be like in political limbo. Here. You're no one. You're just areas technologists. I'm That's just, fine. Yeah. Uh, and Stephen Ledrew. There you go. We just demoted you. Stephen LeDrew, Toronto-based lawyer, broadcaster, one-time uh, serving president of the Liberal Party of Canada. Well, now, both of your guests tonight, Alex, are functus in one of those things. <laughs> what? So, well, what? Is that they, a new word? They yeah. no longer... No, it's not a new word. Uh, <laughs> no longer in that title, and I, you know, I, you keep calling me the former. That's okay. I just... I've, I've got to make sure that you, the peeps know where you come from so they you, can see, look where he was and look where he is now. You like it. I look, <laughs> all they have to do is know that I'm on your show. Well, there you go. And and we're lucky for it. Agreed. Let's talk a little bit about the interview that I just did. I spoke with the mother of Luca Magnata, and um, you don't often hear from the other side. In fact, it is like almost never uh, that you hear for her. And the question, you know, comes down to, you know, I asked her about how do you forgive your son? And and this is what her response was. It wasn't um, a question of forgiveness. I unconditionally love my son. Mm -hmm. So I know that we have a bond that can work through anything. So we did. They did. Do you, um, where do you come at on this story, uh, John? I mean, I get that a lot of people will say, oh, my God, I never, I would just, that, I, that would never keep my child. But again, uh, do you understand that bond? First of all, I think it's just incredibly courageous for her to come on radio. And, and I understand what he did was, was so egregiously wrong and, and, and almost in, it, no, it, it truly is incomprehensible. And so I can only imagine what it would be like for her. And, you know, uh, first of all, I listened to it and I thought, you know, the interview you did was, was incredible. And it, it's so difficult. I can't, I, I can't imagine what went through her head in trying to describe what those emotions felt like and, and talking to somebody that she hadn't met before to try and articulate how that feels for her. And like, you know, we, we both have kids, mm-hmm. to imagine that that could be the outcome is so outside of what I could ever contemplate. And we all think that what happens in our daily lives is tragic and, and, and we watch what happens on TV and it seems so outlandish. But for what this woman experienced, I don't think you could ever articulate or try and quantify how deep that tragedy is. Okay, and so on the flip side, Stephen, should she then be able to profit off of it? Well, I mean, she is going to profit off it, uh, although I hope not much because I hope she has so many books. Uh, I believe that criminals should not profit off uh, their crimes, but she's the mother of a criminal. Uh, I heard your interview, too, and I disagree very, very vehemently with John, what he just said. Um, you know, she said, well, my son's a wonderful person. Baloney. I mean, he is a, a cold-blooded killer. 
and there's no question about it. There's no question about other circumstances, or it may not be him. He killed a woman, chopped her up, sent her around. I well, mean, a, chi- a Chinese, uh, a male Chinese student. Yeah, I mean, what he did. I beg your pardon, yes. Yeah, what he did to it, there's no question. There's no I mean, question of this. Yeah. There's no doubt. There's no saying, well, well he maybe he didn't do it. I mean, he is a cold blooded killer. And, and yes, I admire that woman for loving her son. And, you know, it just goes to show what mothers are all made of. I think that is just great, and, uh, and, and God bless her for still loving her son. But to say he's a wonderful person, as she just told you, is absolute claptrap. And for John to say, well, I admire her for this, baloney. Get I out mean, of here, Steve. Listen, she, of she course she's allowed, to, admi- she's allowed to admire her, you know, any snippet of rationality that was associated with her son in what any portion of there, his upbringing. What I'm- rationality was there, John? What, what, are you, what are, you, are you saying I mean, yeah, that, that there's some ascribed guilt by virtue of the fact that she raised them? The no. man had there, see. There's a slippery slope between saying that she had something to do with it and prescribing the I'm idea that parents that are responsible for mental all health I'm problems. I'm saying is that he was not a wonderful person. I'm not. I'm not sure I would describe him mental person. health issues either. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give that I to have him. No you idea wouldn't say that, that he has no, mental health that. issues. No, I would. I have no I, idea I, why he did it. Good. Well, go watch the tape. Literally, it's on video. You can. I mean, I'm sure it's been taken down, but it was a very. I would not put mental health. Mental health is, is not linked to this particular uh, crime. I'm going to look it up. I could not disagree with both well, of you Well, again, though, well, again, he did it, and he's a monster, and until I hear remorse, I, you know. Yeah. But again, at the same time, I'm able to remove myself to, to talk to the mother. Just mean that there's not a mental health problem. No, 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 but that's Just a different the, argument. No, we, We're talking about no, mom. Gosh, we, can't, we can't say whether there's mental health problem No, of course he's not. He's a psychotic killer. It's still a mental health problem. It's not his mother's fault. You need to I'm separate the two. I'm not saying it's her fault, John. All I'm saying is that for her to say he's a wonderful person is absolute baloney. Yeah. He's uh, not he's, a wonderful person. He's definitely not. No, and I admire her for saying she loves him. I think that, you know, God bless her. I think that is terrific. And she's got a book out there. If it sells 10, 10 copies in Peterborough, good for her. All right, let's talk about the Ontario PCs. They will oh. increase the number of seats <laughs> nice um, needed for official party status. So right now, official party status is eight. They're going to bump that up to 12. The reason they are doing this, and by the way, it was Mike Harris who decreased seats to from 12 to eight back uh, when he was in charge. But the reason they're doing this, Stephen, is because they now have more seats. And so it's percentage-wise, it makes more sense. But also politically, they'd be stupid not to do this. Well, I, I just think that... Um, you know, it, it, it makes sense. It's a very small issue, quite frankly. And you know, whether unless you're a liberal, has, has party status. <laughs> no, whether they have party status or not, so what? They get one more question, perhaps, in question period, and who gives the proverbial rat's ass about questions? And well, question they do get period. money. They get a little staffing. bit more money. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's probably just a, a bit of housekeeping. Are they going to rue the day they did it? Probably, because as you know. The three of us and all your listeners know what comes up is going to go down again, mm-hmm. and they'll be in opposition someday, and uh, somebody will point back and say, you guys, you know, Todd Smith, you did this, and uh, now we're getting screwed. Well, that's the way it goes. Well, it's it, the liberal interim leader, uh, John Fraser, said it's an attack on democracy, or oh, uh, a front to a democracy, which to me is just rubbish, John. As, as rubbish. much as I want to describe that as Stephen putting back his liberal hat on, I, I have to agree with him. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 you know, the cyclical nature of, of politics seems to mimic economics, especially as of late, and our increasingly fragile markets but look i have to agree it it really is a housekeeping item and by the way it looks good on the liberal
Liberals. I mean, 16 years of power rules the day. Uh, you, you cannot create a scenario where you're going to have a good outcome. Uh, I hope that Doug Ford continues to do all the great stuff that he's doing, and I think he's got a lot of great work ahead Look, of him. Look, they, they can get their friends at the Green Energy Act to... Give them a few extra donations, okay? Really? They've been doing that since 2003. <laughs> That's a big old bank right there. There you go. I'm surprised the Liberal Party doesn't have more money. After all the money they raked in, they should just go to some of their supporters who also... Well, they weren't exactly good at budgeting it. Most half of them are in life or key somewhere anyways. It's all good. Give us some of that money back that we gave you over the last 10 years. Yeah, that because politics works that way. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Vic Fideli because uh, he getting all feisty today in question period calling... A an NDP member, Sarah Singh, an idiot. Let's take a listen to that. But as the security of the OCS warehouse is a top priority, we will not be sharing further information on the day-to-day operation. That's how business works. (laughs) (laughs) This does not bother me, John, but should we be not calling the opposition idiots or anybody an idiot? I mean, the bottom line is um, the the NDP were asking about contracts and and such of, of a private business of the OCS and... Government run, and they're not going to give that, nor well, should they. My, my tenure in politics only ranged to working for Norm Kelly in Toronto City oh, Hall in the uh, 2004 oh, Are you the reason that he's so goofy arena? on social media? But, uh, so, you know, I was there like during the, you know, I think Jane Pitfield and a n- number of other folks uh, entered into some woman. pretty frosty arguments. But so I, I have to defer to Stephen as to what happens uh, uh, in Parliament. But having heard all of my, uh, you know, heeding all of my uh, readings of Winston Churchill, which I've been catching up on as of late, as, uh, as as we require more and more leadership in our own country, people have said some pretty thorny and frosty things to each other, and I don't think idiot is that bad. I don't well, either, by the way. Like, I, saying you're a moron, maybe, maybe he should have said moron. I mean, he did apologize, but I'm like, come on. Oh, give me a break. First of all, John, I have a, a, an extensive Churchill library, and you mm. can borrow from it anytime you want. Hey, you bring uh, out the you bring out the Calvados, I'll be there. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be after the first volume. Uh, but the second thing is, you have to look at Fidelity. Where is he from? He's from North Bay. Yeah. And, you know, it, from North Bay, an idiot could be a, a long-standing friend. I mean, <laughs> places in North Bay... You're not making friends. ...where someone says you're, you're an idiot. And uh, I know lots of people from North Bay. They say, oh, well, thank you very much. Who hasn't? Who hasn't? I mean, I, call, I think I'll call my husband an idiot last night when I walked in. Hey, idiot. <laughs> a lot worse. <laughs> no so, you know what? Good for Fidelity for clearing up the fact that he is from North Bay. He's a, he's a civilized man. And uh, yes, it may be unparliamentary, probably deserved. Uh, you know, one of those things again. Move on. Yeah. No big deal. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. And we got John Dwyer and Stephen LeDrew making some noise tonight for CounterPoint. Let's talk a little bit about the survey that came out uh, done by the Toronto District School Board, which surveyed 200,000 students and their parents to collect uh, data to find out, you know, how they are doing in school. And the bottom line is, if you work through all the numbers, the takeaway is students are saying that they're not active, they're not physically active, they're not social, they're getting bullied, they're not connecting with their teachers. In other words, they're spending way, way, way too much time dulling their brains, John, on cell phone technology that is not making them better, but it's allowing them to just simply be on social media. The the problem with these, the results of studies like these is that it, it prescribes the idea that this is a problem that happens in the the school. And 
you know, as 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 much as I'm critical of the past 16 years of liberal reign, the one thing that they did was spend a tremendous amount of money on education. And education in Ontario, I would I would suggest in every school board right now is better than it's ever been in the public realm. What happens is that at home, these kids get too much time mm-hmm. with their tablets, with their cell phones, with any of these items. And, you know, I, I had a, I had a, my Uber driver on the way here has got a four-year-old and an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. He grew up in Scarborough just like me. Shout out Scarborough, by the way. <laughs> um, he talked about the fact that we have to monitor our kids in terms of their interaction and their engagement with social media. And kids go home and they game. When I was a kid, and look, I'm only 34. I'm, I still consider myself a kid. But we would go out and, like, do stuff, whatever stuff was, mostly underage drinking. Just joking. Not joking at all. But it was really important <laughs> that we actually got out there and did something, whereas these kids now are gaming. Well, there's zombies, yeah. It's a big problem, Stephen. And I know, you know, I'm an old fuddy-duddy, but I say you got to get back to basics where you're having dinners together, you're talking to your kids, and parents need to force their kids that when they're out there in society... Look at each other's eyes. Talk to your parents. I mean, parents have always had the responsibility to monitor, monitor their kids. Whether you lived in a Scarborough, in a small town, in a farming community, before TV, you had to monitor your children to find out what's going on because they can get up to no good. So, I mean, there's nothing new about that. Secondly, uh, for John to say that we spend more money on education, yes, he's right. Secondly, on teacher salaries and pensions, we, but you know <laughs> what? we have one of the worst systems. Around now, there's a lot of money being quantified. That, this. please. Oh, absolutely. Oh, at the what board level, study? John, come on. Study. There's a study out of um, uh, McGill, and they looked at Ontario students. Grade six students now do not reach any standards in virtually anywhere in the Western world. Those are our students in Ontario. Why? Because the curriculum stinks. Because we have teachers who don't know how to teach. We have math But that, But that gets away from the issue at hand, and that is that smartphones and technology, and I get it. You need it, in, you need it in the schools, but what we have turned think, into... No, you don't need it in the schools. Well, no, you've you got to teach kids computers and programming and that, but... You need to ban smartphones yeah. in the schools. And that's what and Doug Ford ran on. Mm-hmm. Don't pay the bills. Yeah. Don't pay the bills. Kids should not have them all the time. You look at the people who created smartphones down in Silicon Valley, yep. they send their kids to a private school. Yep. yep. They got the money. You know what the private school is? Yep. No computers, yep. no smartphones, yep. paper and yeah, that, 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 that That's actually entirely untrue. No, uh, no, 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 no. No, no, You know what? My, my, my nephew, wife taught at a private school. My that's not the case. go look, to private school. And for you to suggest that the Ontario teach... In any realm. No, that's not the part. But, but that's no, but not hold the, on. But, but to say that we don't have good teachers? No, no, that's not what he said. That's not what he said. But we're getting away from the conversation. The reality is we, as a society, have convinced ourselves that kids need this technology all the time. Hogwarts. And therefore, right. and that they don't. But we have convinced ourselves that every kid needs a cell phone by 13. And what we have done is told them, okay, I'm not parenting you anymore. You're babysitting each other. And guess what? They're tuning out of life. I know, but if my kid doesn't have my cell phone, who's going to do my online trading? Because my right. scholarship is not as good as it used to be. Plus, she audited my CRA last year, and I saved about 2300 bucks. She's only four. Well, you know what? I mean, I, you know, I just don't have the money to have a kid do my online trading. Uh, that's because you work at City Hall, though, John. Really, that the whole society is starting to realize yeah. that smartphones are anything but smart. And, you and know, social media is the end of our lives. That's, that's, that's... And to, to, to quote... A famous legislative person. <laughs> We're having a whole bunch of idiots. 
Is that Vic Fidelis for shout-out? I want to get to this story because this is a really good story. I mean, it worked out in the end for this uh, this young woman, but uh, an Alberta tourist who stupidly vandalized a uh, spray-painted a Thailand, a Thai, I guess, basically, a, how old was this? It was like a two or three hundred year old. It was old. Right, yeah. Anyway, an old building. It worked out. She uh, is not going to go to jail. She got a small fine. And here is uh, Brittany Schneider, I guess, describing the experience. I felt sick to my stomach after I realized what I'd done and after... Yeah, when I woke up and realized what I did, I was so sick and I was scared and I felt awful for what I did and I was scared for what was next. The prisoners were like really nice and the guards were like super nice too. I mean, we slept on the floor and the toilets were just like a hole in the ground, but other than that, it was it was okay. It was not at all what I was expecting, which I was super grateful for because I was so terrified going in there. The time I woke up there, I was like, I can't believe I did this. Like, why did I do that? And now I'm going to be stuck here. I don't know, Steve. She's got like a horseshoe up her butt because she got she got very lucky. I mean, they they don't take things the way we do here. She you know, did get, she did get extraordinarily lucky. Yeah. And wasn't that story though, Alex? She was drunk. Yeah. When she woke up, no. When she came to, and she realized what she had done. So there she is. Um, alcohol and a smartphone. <laughs> and what does she end up being doing? She does an idiotic thing. I don't know. I, I laughed my way through that entire thing. I mean, you that's because you're here in, in Canada. You're not in a Thai prison. That woman is an idiot. Like that is idiocy on the highest scale. Oh, oh I have God, done some, most, for that. some 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 incredibly stupid things in my life. But to go and I know do that that's. What, I remember the night I met you. Yeah. I do remember that. So, that yeah, that's actually a true story. <laughs> That's not story. No, no, not for air. No, uh, no. But nonetheless, I mean, to go over to another country and and pull the stunt she did, she is lucky it's, tonight. And you know what? It's a good lesson lesson to yeah. everybody listening. Yeah. Just really have some respect for other nationalities. And if she had done the same thing, if she had done the same thing down at City Hall, again, she would have probably had a better uh, overnight stay than on the floor with a hole in the ground. What are you talking about? We would have rewarded her and given her a par- participation ribbon. A no, game kid. Right. 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 All right, guys. Our school board would have done that. I gotta leave it there. I appreciate it so much. Thank you to John Dwyer and thank you to Stephen Ladrew. Appreciate Always it, guys. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.